W-E-R-A-L-P, Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm not able to make that opinion today. Sir, I'm sure you prepared for this hearing today, and most of the questions that have been presented to you were uh, predictable. So my question to you is, did you then review with the lawyers of your department, if you as the top lawyer are unaware, what the law is regarding what you can share with us and what you cannot share with us, what is privileged and what is not privileged? We discussed the uh, basic uh, parameters of testimony. I frankly have not discussed documentary uh, disclosure rules. Will you make a commitment to this committee that you will share any written correspondence, be they your calendars, records, notes, emails, or anything that has been reduced at any point in time in writing? I will uh, to this committee where legally um, you actually have an obligation to do so. You are listening to WERALP 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. This is Enlighten Me. I'm your host, Andrea Cambron, and today we have a great show for you. I am so pleased uh, for all the people who agreed to be on this program, and so I'm always glad to have some of the most talented, some of the most knowledgeable experts in their field. Um, so today on the program, there's been a lot going on with the Senate Intelligence Committee and the hearings that they've been having. And I, you know, I try to keep up and I try to keep abreast of the issues that go on. But, you know, I'm not an expert at all on, uh, you know, Congress and congressional hearings. But I, I, I know a few people who are. So we will talk to Liza Gotin. She is the co-director of the Liberty and National Security Program at the Brennan Center for Justice. She's been analyzing this pretty extensively. She will give her analysis of former FBI Director James Comey, as well as Attorney General Jeff Sessions' testimony in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, when we return. This is Enlighten Me. I'm your host, Andrea Cambron, on WERALP 96.7 FM. I'm not able to make that opinion today. Sir, I'm sure you prepared for this hearing today, and most of the questions that have been presented to you were uh, predictable. So my question to you is, did you then review with the lawyers of your department, if you as the top lawyer are unaware, 
what the law is regarding what you can share with us and what you cannot share with us, what is privileged and what is not privileged. We discussed the uh, basic uh, parameters of testimony. I frankly have not discussed documentary uh, disclosure rules. Will you make a commitment to this committee that you will share any written correspondence, be they your calendars, records, notes, emails, or anything that has been reduced at any point in time in writing I will uh, to this committee where legally um, you actually have an obligation to do so? Whoo! You are listening to WERALP 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. This is Enlighten Me. I am your host, Andrea Cameron, and that was Senator Kamala Harris of California yesterday at the Senate Intelligence Committee hearing with uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Now, I am not an expert, but I am glad to have Liza Gotine. She is the co-director of the Liberty and National Security Program at the Brennan Center, and she has been analyzing both of the hearing with former FBI Director James Comey, as well as Attorney General Jeff Sessions, and she joins us now. Liza, thank you so much for joining me on Enlighten Me. My pleasure. Uh, what we just heard was Senator Kamala Harris, and you know we had several senators yesterday, uh, especially Democratic senators, who were frankly quite upset at the stonewalling that Jeff Sessions did yesterday. Can you give us some like insight uh, on, you know, what is going on and and how this will affect this the further investigation of the Russian probe? Sure. Well, Attorney General Sessions was trying to uh, cloak himself in executive privilege yeah. without, the, without the president having claimed executive privilege. So, <laughs> the, pres- so the president has a prerogative um, to, in the first instance anyway, to try to, to shield communications that he has with his advisors, uh, to try to protect the decision-making process and the policy-making process uh, so he can get free, uh, can freely seek counsel, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, but, and there's some major buts here, uh, <laughs> first, of, first of all, the president is the only one who can assert that privilege. And there is, and he has to actually assert it formally. Yeah. There, this, this has all been sort of hammered out over the decades that this privilege has been in existence. So the president needs to assert it. No one else can. And then after he asserts it, Congress or a court, if that's where the information is being sought, um, can override essentially the claim of executive privilege if Congress or the court can show uh, that they have a specific need um, in order to, to perform their constitutional functions, that they have a specific need for that information. Um, but we didn't even get to square one here because the president did not assert the privilege for these communications. Um, Attorney General Sessions was saying that, you know, he had to sort of preserve the privilege for the president mm-hmm. to, to assert uh, by not disclosing it in this hearing. Um, you know, there, there are a couple of problems with that. I mean, the first problem is that, as, as Senator Harris said, these questions were not surprises. Right, uh, right. You know, you know, the president was well aware, uh, the White House was well aware, I don't know what the president's aware of, but the White House was well aware that, uh, he, that Sessions would be asked about conversations he had had, any conversations he had had with President Trump about, uh, you know, Comey or about the Russian investigation, it was quite clear that that was going to come up. Well, and and that's even, that's, I mean, that's one of the most surprising things. I mean, I think most of us knew uh, that were, most of us who who were going to watch or listen to the the, uh, hearings knew that um, Sessions was going to try to stonewall or going going to try to avoid as many questions as possible. But 
he said, I don't remember or I don't recall at least 26 times uh, in that hearing yesterday. I mean, that that is just I, I feel like it, it may be unprecedented. Well, I'm not sure it's unprecedented because what it reminded me of was a hearing in which Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez, going back to the the W. Bush era. See, this uh, is why you know more than me. (laughs) (laughs) When he was testifying about politicization of the Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. Remember that scandal? And he came to a hearing and hardly remembered his own name. I mean, every other <laughs> sentence was, I don't recall, I don't recall. And and it came off, he came off looking extremely bad. I mean, you have to be concerned about yeah. an attorney general who, who has such a poor memory for, for what he is doing in his job. So, and, and I think that there was a little of, of that with Sessions, that that it it didn't seem first of all credible right, that his right. memory was that bad and if right. it is that bad that that's a whole that's a whole other problem it also sort of undermined those instances one instance in particular in which he tried to dispute Comey's account of a of a conversation that he and Comey had uh, because then here you have James Comey, who was taking contemporaneous notes and remembered everything down mm-hmm. to the facial expressions mm-hmm. of the people he was talking to. And on the other hand, you have Sessions, who didn't seem to be able to remember anything, and yet wants people to take his word about how that conversation went, yeah. rather, rather than Jim Comey's. One of the issues, one of the crux of, of one of the issues that happened yesterday was the fact that uh, James Comey, former FDI, FBI director, went to Sessions after the meeting with Trump um, and said that he was uncomfortable with that one-on-one meeting, especially when Trump, uh, when President Trump uh, ish, uh, uh, escorted uh, Jeff Sessions out of the uh, room, and there was no, you know, further inquiry from uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions to Trump to e- either say that is not appropriate or to say that he is concerned about that as well. Talk about that and and the problems around that with Attorney General Jeff Sessions and his answering of those questions around the fact that he he didn't go to President Trump to either say that there was a problem with that or to kind of usher that so that James Comey did not have those subsequent one on one meetings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was James Comey's testimony that you were mentioning. His testimony was that he raised this with Sessions. He said this this was made me very uncomfortable. Uh, he testified that he implored Sessions to, to essentially intervene and make sure that it didn't happen again, and that Sessions simply did not respond. This was the area where there was a contradiction between the two testimonies, right. because Sessions said that he did respond, and that he responded by essentially reminding Jim Comey of the rules about communications between the Department of Justice and the White House on investigative matters, and basically said, I hope you'll follow these rules. Once again, I'm not sure I trust Sessions' memory over, over <laughs> Comey's on this, uh, but, but, but let's, you know, even, even in terms of what Sessions said, that, that he said to, to Comey, it's quite bizarre yeah. that his response to Trump improperly trying to communicate with Comey about the investigation, and yeah. Comey then saying to Sessions this was improper and that the president shouldn't be doing this, was for Sessions to instruct Comey yeah. on the rules about communication between the White House and the mm-hmm. Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. Trump is the person that Sessions should have then gone to speak Directed, with. yeah. Yeah, and, and then there's, there's also the fact that apparently uh, Sessions did not ask, had no interest in 
what Trump actually said to Comey, even though he could tell at this point that this upset Comey, that mm-hmm. whatever this interaction was, clearly something improper had happened, and yet he did not ask what. And unfortunately, none of the members really pressed him on that on, on, in the hearing on why he didn't actually inquire at all. But, you know, the upshot of all of this is we have a president who believes he is above the law and that he can just shut down the investigation into Flynn if that in- investigation is problematic for him. And the attorney general is supposed to uphold the rule of law, mm-hmm. not abet the president when mm-hmm. the president ignores it. Yeah. And unfortunately, we did not see Sessions stepping in to uphold the rule of law here. And, and one, of the, one of the things that I thought was interesting yesterday in that in that hearing is the fact that, um, you know, we had Mark Warner, we had Kamala Harris, we had so many other senators um, trying to get to the butt of the ant, of of the crux of the Russia probe. Um, and we've seen so, you know, Jeff Sessions essentially say that he wasn't going to answer or that he was going to um, invoke executive privilege uh, on a lot of the uh, the questions that they were asking him. What does this mean? What is the greater um, problem with um, the fact that it seems that uh, administrators, cabinet officials are not going to um, help or aid in the investigation of Russian interference with our U.S. elections? Well, the the problem here is that this investigation is absolutely critical to our national security. Yeah. And I, and I want to take a step back because I think it's very important to keep our eye on the bigger picture here. We have... You know, I, okay, so there's, there's three sort of sets of facts that I think is very important to bear in mind. Mm-hmm. First, we have just a bizarre number of close connections between members of the Trump campaign team yeah. uh, and the Trump administration and Russian officials or other Putin allies. Mm-hmm. We have Paul Manafort, Carter Page, Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, Michael Cohen, Jared Kushner, Rex Tillerson. I yeah. think it's really yeah. improbable how many people. And there's also a a pattern of these campaign ads either lying about or failing to disclose those connections. So that's Mm -hmm. the first set of facts. Second, we have Russia interfering in the campaign on Trump's behalf. There can be no serious question about that anymore, even though the president has has yet to basically acknowledge it and, and let alone express any concern about it. Yeah. And then third set of facts, we have the Trump campaign and now the Trump administration doing favors for Russia, or at least trying to do favors for Russia that are inexplicable if, if viewed through the lens of America's interests. So, I mean, starting with the fact that the only contribution the Trump campaign made to the Republican Party platform at the convention was to strip the plank about providing defensive arms to Ukraine. That's all they cared about in that platform. Hmm. I mean, what could explain that? Yeah. So, now, none of this proves beyond a reasonable doubt that there was explicit collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. Mm -hmm. But I think any reasonable person looking at those facts would conclude that that the Trump sort of inner circle and Russia are looking out for each other's interests. They're scratching each other's backs. And regardless of whether that's a crime, it's a huge problem for our national security. So Mm -hmm. that's the big picture. That's what all of this testimony is about that's what this is an investigation is about when we can't get straight answers mm-hmm. from the people who have those answers it is a uh, a very very serious problem from a security standpoint yeah liza what stood out uh to you yesterday when hearing uh, attorney general jeff sessions um you know answer some of the questions or or evade some of the questions what were the uh kind of points that stood out to you the most um in in that testimony yesterday 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think what stood out was, was what he didn't say yeah. uh, more than than what he did say. Um, and so, you know, one of one of the questions was, was he involved in trying to shut down uh, or trying to hamper the investigation by firing James Comey? Um, you know, he made a recommendation to fire Comey. Was he truly making that recommendation on the basis of the way Comey handled the Clinton investigation? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, I don't, I don't think that one passes the straight face test. I yeah. mean, as Senator Reid points out, throughout 2016, Sessions praised Comey for the very actions that he then supposedly recommended firing him for. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing that's a little dubious about that is that he says, he said in, in this hearing, and, and we hadn't heard this before, that he never discussed performance issues with Comey. Mm-hmm. He never said to him, we're having problems with your performance. The very first indication Comey had that he wasn't doing a great job was a pink slip. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's odd, yeah. to say the least, especially such a respected, internally respected official. Um, of course, there was this... Uh, language that the FBI had lost confidence in him, the rank and file, that clearly isn't true and wasn't true. I would have liked to hear a question about whether he discussed with any actual FBI agents or officials whether they had lost confidence in Comey. I suspect the answer was no, that he, he didn't actually have those discussions. So, mm-hmm. it, so it seems likely that that's not the real reason. He was asked about uh, whether he had any conversations with Trump or in any other way knew that Trump wanted to get Comey out of there because of the Russia investigation. Yeah. And yeah. he refused to answer every single one of those questions. Assuming We're, that the, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, assuming that the answer is yes, then Sessions was complicit in this effort to, first of all, he sh- he's recused from the investigation, so he, he shouldn't be involved in it at all. And, and he certainly shouldn't be involved in obstructing it. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that was that stood out to me from the hearing. We're talking with Liza Gotin. She is the co-director of the Liberty and National Security Program at the Brennan Center for Justice. Liza, that was one of the issues that people were uh, discussing as well, was the fact that uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation, yet and still he was able to make a recommendation to fire uh, the FBI director uh, over the Russia investigation. does th- That has to present a problem for Jeff Sessions and, and, and his further actions as attorney general. Where do you see that going? Because I think that there's a serious issue with someone who, quote unquote, recuses himself, but yet still makes recommendations towards that investigation. Well, I mean, his story is that it had nothing to do with that investigation. His story is that it was about the Clinton investigation. I don't think that will hold up. And right. I think that there, there's more that will come out about this. Um, in Comey's testimony, he made reference to the fact um, that, that the FBI was aware that Sessions would have to recuse himself, not because of this regulation that Sessions talked about in his testimony, although, in fact, that regulation did require his recusal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Comey was referring to facts that would necessitate Sessions' recusal that Comey couldn't disclose in public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he presumably then elaborated in the closed session, and, and Senator Wyden the next day uh, you know, w- was asked questions about what he had said in closed session. Of course, he couldn't answer those questions because right. it was presumably classified. But he did say that the American public should know 
what, what Comey was talking about, that there's something there that we should know. So, uh, you know, I think there's more that, that we'll learn. I, you know, I think this notion that, you know, he can't be expected uh, you know, not to manage the Department of Justice and the personnel at the department just because he was recused from a single investigation. That's the way he put it. I mean, that too is, is not, uh, that's not going to stand up. It's pretty disingenuous. I mean, this isn't just any investigation. It's right. not like a minor drug charge against his wife's third cousin that he had to <laughs> recuse himself from. You know, this is an investigation into potential collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign, of which Sessions himself was a member. So deciding to fire the person who is overseeing that investigation goes beyond routine management of the department. I think we will be hearing more about that. Yeah. You've written extensively about uh, Comey's testimony. Um, and, and you know, one of the things I thought was odd after um, people were looking for Donald uh, President Trump to tweet about it, and he waited uh, over 24 hours to tweet. And when he finally did, he emphasized the fact that Comey had uh, was a quote unquote leaker. Um, and you are you said that uh, you know just because he James Comey you know submitted information to the press does not make what he did a crime. Talk a little bit about that, and because a lot of people are confused about whether or not um, it you know if. James Comey did it on company uh, 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 equipment. Is that a crime for him to then leak information that, you know, to the press? Talk a little bit about the legality of uh, James Comey's um, submission to the press through his through a friend of his. Sure. Well, the, the laws that govern disclosure of government information, uh, it's actually a big hodgepodge of uh, different laws and rules and regulations, and it's a bit of a mess. Uh, but it, for the most part, it is usually not a criminal offense to disclose government information to the media. When people talk about leaks, I think that's meant to imply that there was wrongdoing or criminality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what it means is that it's done sort of without overt authorization. And in some cases, depending on the kind of information, that can be illegal. And in some cases, it's not. So if it's classified information, there are a number of, of criminal provisions that would prohibit or, or that criminalize the, the leaking of classified information, the disclosure to people who are not authorized uh, to receive it. Um, but, uh, you know, the, in terms of what Comey did, I mean, that information, his memos were not classified. They couldn't have been classified. Uh, they, there has been discussion that, that it was privileged. I think Trump's lawyer said that this was privileged information. Mm-hmm. The privilege he's referring to actually would not cover Trump asking Comey to shut down an investigation. <laughs> There's no privilege that covers a president saying that to, to one of his uh, Staff. someone in the executive branch. Um, and, and even if that privilege did apply, um, yes, it would almost, it, there, there may very well be internal rules and agency rules that Comey broke when he disclosed this information. Uh, however, there, there's certainly no criminal prohibition against what he did. Yeah. And there are also, um, you know, it's, it's also far from clear without that, that in fact those, those rules would cover. So I, I think it's, there's been this effort to equate what he did in terms of when he removed the information, there's been an effort to equate that to the leaking of classified information or something that rises to the level of a criminal offense. And there's absolutely no reason to think that that's the case. Yeah. 
Liza Gautin, she is the co-director of the Liberty and National Security Program at the Brennan Center. Always a pleasure, Liza. Thank you so much for joining us to give us some insights and enlighten us on on what has been happening with this, uh, because I know you've been following uh, both of those hearings very closely. Um, and I'm sure that I, we, I will have you back on the program because this is not over. No, it's not. Thanks very much for having me. <laughs> Thank you. This is Enlighten Me. I'm your host, Andrea Cameron. Catch you guys next week on WERALP 96.7 FM. This is for my ladies like soldiers we stand up. Remember when Tupac told us keep our head up. And even when the times get rough, we get up. Treat your life like a stage, you can hit it, tear it up. Pass the mic, pass the mic, ladies come through. Don't ever, ever let them stop or try to block you. You gotta tell them you're something better than any other. You never settle, you next level, yeah, you make them moves. Put your hands up high. Funding for WERA is provided by Rust Insurance Agency, LLC, a locally owned independent insurance agency since 1889. For more information, visit rustinsurance.com.